It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com and the promo code LOCKED15. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. On today's show, we got to talk about this roller coaster weekend. Friday night was amazing. We're going to talk about Wade Miley. And Saturday was frustrating. And we're going to talk about Luis Castillo. I've got some thoughts on what's going wrong and what can go right with Luis Castillo. And then later on in today's podcast, Ethan Smith from the Locked On Pirates podcast joins me to preview this series between the Red Legs and the Buckos at PNC Ballpark starting tonight at 635. Before we jump into all of that, though, make sure that you are following the podcast on whatever app you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513. 513- 549-0159. I know, uh, just a quick PSA, I know that there were some people that were having problems with iTunes last week. It's actually an issue across all Locked On podcasts. For some reason, the episodes aren't updating like they should. And, and it's not even just a timing issue. It's the, just it's so random whenever the episodes do update. If you find that you're having this problem with iTunes. Number one, uh, you you might not be because you're actually listening to me right now, but if you catch this for some reason and you have a problem later this week with the episodes updating, check out either the Odyssey app, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can find all Locked On podcasts, including yours truly, on the Odyssey app, or check out uh, Spotify. Uh, There's also Podbean, uh, Stitcher, all those good stuff. I know that people have had success using those other apps as well. Just wanted to throw that out there. All right, we have got to get to Friday because that was a beautiful night. I I, I really thought about doing an emergency podcast after that, but I'm not going to lie. I was celebrating a little bit and uh, I don't know that anybody wanted to hear the ramblings of somebody who had been celebrating a no-hitter, so I figured I'd get my wits about me before we recorded uh, my reaction to Friday night, but still, it's on the veins of what a night Friday night was. And it was as much about the win to the season as it was just to Wade Miley. Um, it just feels good to go out and give the team a chance to win. Obviously, what happened today is it's pretty special. Um, nobody really I, – I know for me it's just like – not that I think it's impossible, but it's just it's so far-fetched. And uh, just to be able to be a part of something like that and and – I don't know. I'm, I'm speechless. It still hasn't sunk in. There's a strong chance that you, yes, you, person listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast right now, questioned whether Wade Miley should have been in the rotation at the beginning of this season. Now, you might have looked at it and you said, well, the Reds have kind of backed themselves into a corner where Wade Miley has to be in the rotation because they don't have that many pitchers. They don't have that many major league caliber starting pitchers on the roster. But if all things were equal, we'd rather have Disco 
or we'd rather have this guy. I mean, obviously, you probably say we'd rather have Trevor Bauer, but so would every team in Major League Baseball, so that doesn't really count. But you looked at Wade Miley, and you wondered if he was going to give the Reds any kind of performances because you saw last year, you saw him not be so good. Turns out that was literally just because of health. He wasn't healthy. He was hurt a couple of different ways, whether it be the groin, he had a shoulder problem, all that stuff. Now he's healthy. Now he's pitching, and he is absolutely on fire. I didn't wonder if he should be in the rotation. I figured he would be like a fifth starter, you know, guy at the end of the line who you're just happy is going to eat up some innings for you. You're probably not expecting a whole lot. So even to me, this was a prove-me-wrong game. Wade Miley was absolutely fantastic. There's no other way to slice it. I mean, you can sit there and say, well, it was velocity and blah, blah, blah. Everything worked. The Indians hitters were off balance all night long. Wade Miley moves quick, man. He doesn't like to take a lot of time between pitches. And you saw the effects on insert Indians name here in the batter's box. They were getting antsy. They were shuffling their feet. Didn't look comfortable. And even when they were set, you could tell that they sort of had one foot on their way back to the dugout because they just didn't know how to figure out that cut fastball. Wade Miley's cut fastball was beautiful on Friday night. Huge reason why he got that no-no. And his breaking stuff was working too because you saw a couple of at-bats where guys were just staring blankly at a called third strike or maybe it was a called first or second strike, but they're just like, I didn't know where that pitch was going. I didn't know where it came from. It just all of a sudden ended up in Tucker Barnhart's glove, and now I'm down in the count. Wade Miley was magnificent on Friday night. Not to be outdone, though, and a huge part of any no-hitter is the catcher, but when you've got a guy who all of his main pitches are breaking balls, the catcher is even that more important, and this was the first time Tucker Barnhart has caught a no-hitter in his career. I really, I've been, I've been speechless for the, for the little bit of time that we've had after the game. Um, I've been pretty lucky to do some, some cool things personally in this game. Um, Win a couple gold gloves, but uh, this is, I mean, far and away, far and away the coolest thing that I've ever done in my career. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm speechless, but it's 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 the coolest thing I've ever done in my career for sure. God bless Tucker Barnhart. I, I love Tucker Barnhart. I, he is he's been so awesome. I I know that you're gonna say, well, Jeff, he's not that great of a hitter. I I don't care. He he's been one of my favorite Reds ever since he's been brought up, and he had a night as well. It, it, it's funny because later on in that interview, they talked to him because during a no hitter, perfect game, whatever. There's a superstition in baseball players that you don't talk to the pitcher who is involved in the game. You leave him alone and you just let him be on his own on the bench. And Tucker was like, yeah, it's weird because Wade is the probably the most talkative guy on the team. But yeah, nobody talked to him that you're not supposed to. And he said, there were times where I still had to go talk to him about the strategy of the game and what we're about to do. And even that felt weird. That's the hilarity of no hitters. And I love the fact, too, because I'm this way. I'm, what I do, as, as much as we like to think as fans that whatever superstition that we may hold somehow impacts the game, 
I firmly am aware that it doesn't. I firmly am aware that I don't have any part in how the game unfolds. So it doesn't bother me to tweet about the no hitter. It doesn't bother me to call it what it is in public. If I'm at the game, something like that, and whatever you might be superstitious and think that I'm crazy for thinking that, but I have no impact on the game, whether I call it a no hitter or whether I call it a no, no, or whether I call it a, it doesn't matter. So I was really happy to see that as much as we kept talking about it, that it continued because I'm sure that there were going to be some crazy people on Twitter just be like, see, you guys ruined it. I, whatever. I I was happy that Red's Twitter came together on Friday and just had fun because it feels like there are so many games in a given season where we can just harp on the Reds to no end and just bash a guy for a bad play and, and this, that, and the other. And to be honest with you, if it weren't for the walk that he issued directly after the error that happened to Nick Senzel at second base, then Wade Miley has a perfect game. And, and real quick, just to harp on that error, the official score in Cleveland gave Nick Senzel two errors on that play, and it's absolutely ridiculous. Nixon Zell knocked down the ball. He didn't field it cleanly, but he knocked down the ball enough that he could have picked up and made a good throw. Now, I definitely gave him the error for the throw because it pulled Moose off the bag, and he had at least a split second worth to set up a decent throw, and he he didn't do that. But giving Nixon Zell two errors on one play, that that is why it is hard to look at the number of errors that a fielder makes and know something about that fielder because an error is a subjective stat based on the official scorekeeper. Anyway, that that's my rant, whatever. But just a phenomenal night for Wade Miley and for Red's Twitter as well. All right, so we go from Friday to Saturday. Saturday uh, was... A part of the roller coaster season that is this 2021 Cincinnati Reds team. Well, we're going to get into that, and I, I want to talk about Luis Castillo because I kind of sat down and watched some different pitches on the MLB film room. I've got some thoughts as to what's going on with La Piedra. We're going to get into that here in just a minute, but before we jump into that, I wanted to let you know that if you're looking for a part for your car, the best place to find it is Rock Auto. When it comes to all of the expanding world of automobiles, when it comes to new makes, new models, whether it's an electric, a gas, all of that details, it's pretty much impossible for your typical store down at the end of the street to carry all of that. So you are at the mercy of what they have on hand, and in some cases, they have to get it delivered to them anyway before they can give it to you. RockAuto.com has every single part for your car. Check them out today. They've been doing this for over 20 years. They're a family-owned business, and they give you the same prices that they give a professional mechanic. Check them out today. They've got an easy-to-use interface, too. You can find your part, and you don't have to worry about answering these weird questions from the guy at the counter just hoping that he finds the right part for you. Rock Auto has every single part for your car, and you can go there today and in the checkout section in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. That's rockauto.com, and in the checkout section, type in Locked On. On rockauto.com has all of the parts that your car will ever need. 
And if you're looking for a way to get off the bench and get in the game and start making some cash off your sports knowledge today, there is no better way to do that than to go to betonline.ag. They've got all the best lines when it comes to Major League Baseball, the NHL, the NBA. They've even got stuff on like reality TV shows and award shows, all of that. So you can bet on all that wrestling boxing. They've got it all. BetOnline.ag. Go there. Set up your profile today for free. And when you make your first deposit, type in the promo code locked on to get 50% added onto that initial deposit. That way you've got more money to make off of your sports knowledge today. They've got great lines. Whether you're looking at money lines, run lines, prop bets for each individual game, you can see how many home runs you think that A. Eugenio Suarez is going to hit tonight in Pittsburgh. Check it out today, betonline.ag. Set up your profile, and when you make your first deposit, type in the promo code Locked On to get 50% added onto that initial deposit. That's betonline.ag and the promo code Locked On. Where Friday was a beautiful night of pitching from Wade Miley, Saturday was frustrating. Saturday, you wanted to pull your hair out. Saturday, you were probably saying some words to the television, whether they be curse words or not-so-nice words. Whatever words you were saying, you probably were not silent as you watched La Piedra do his work. In fact, Luis Castillo has not looked like La Piedra at all. This year, it, it it seems as though there are glimpses, there are moments, there are times where you think, all right, this is the point of which he jumps off from. He just goes crazy and pitches exactly as good as we think he can, and it just hasn't happened yet. He got, I won't say rocked, because part of it was the defense behind him, part of it was the gloves failing him in some cases, and it's shown in his season XFIP, which completely takes defense out of the equation. It's like ERA, but it's only what the pitcher can control. That's at 4.05. That looks a lot better than the 6.5 ERA that he currently has. So that's not something that I'm looking at Luis Castillo and saying, boy, oh boy, it, it seems as though he's so far away. He's close. And he even said that in his post-game interview. He said that he believes that there is one or two things, you know, one or two things away from being back to the level that he knows he can be. And one th- one reason I feel as though he is close and though he's not just being overly optimistic and trying to put uh, La Piedra colored goggles on all of Red's country is that his slider was on on Sunday. If contact was made, it was a weak hit. It was either a weak fly ball like Framiel Reyes had in the fourth inning, or it was a lot of foul balls. Guys were rolling over on it, pulling it foul on the ground. There were a lot of ground balls being induced. Most of them were just foul balls, though, so he didn't get a lot of swinging outs or anything like that with it. The other thing that Cleveland hitters did was they laid off of it. He actually got a lot of called strikes with that slider. I went on to one of, one of the great uh, things. I, I, I love to uh, point out how terrible Major League Baseball is at promoting its own product. One thing that they've done right is the MLB Film Room. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, check it out on the MLB At Bat app. You can literally search any player 
And if it's a pitcher, you can search it by pitch type. You can go by game. You can go by the whole season and you can see every single one of those pitches. So I went in and I looked at Castillo's start against the Indians and I just singled out the slider. I wanted to see what his sliders looked like because in the context of the game, you saw a good pitch and then you saw a couple of bad pitches. And I'll get to what those bad pitches are in a minute, but the slider was working. He got a lot of called strikes and he didn't get any hard contact on it whatsoever. Now to the bat, because there's a lot of people that are blaming his changeup. That's not exactly right. His changeup is not the problem. His changeup is the solution, but the problem is really uh, twofold. It's his fastball four-seamer and sinker, when you look at the heat map on StatCast, it shows you where a given pitcher's offering lands in and around the strike zone. His four-seamer and his sinker are red hot in the middle of the strike zone. I'm not talking about low. I'm not talking about high. I'm not talking about, you know, middle to the left, middle to the right. Smack dab in the wheelhouse where every single hitter in the history of baseball, not just professional, but also amateur, wants to hit the ball. Right down Broadway is where the average location of his four-seamer and his sinker Line up, and then you have the added problem that the way that his sinker moves is almost identical to his changeup. So, when a batter sees his sinker, and make no mistake about it, they've got iPads, they've got plenty of things where they can watch any pitcher's given pitch. If, you, if you've seen in like the Reds dugout this season, along the back wall are a procession of iPads and they're all playing different clips of something. My, my, my guess is whatever pitcher is on the mound at that time, each iPad is dedicated to a certain pitch type, what that pitch looks like from that pitcher. So once a pitcher throws a certain pitch, it's videotaped and you can watch it again. And again, and again. So a hitter can go back and look and see, okay, that's a sinker. That's his changeup. They both look similar. If I time one, I get the other. And pretty much at the beginning of an at-bat, Luis Castillo is trying to throw a sinker. He's trying to get a strike with that sinking fastball. So a hitter is able to time the changeup based on that. So there's, I don't know if it's a grip issue. I don't necessarily know the nuts and bolts as to why the fastballs are so ineffective and so just set up on a tee for opposing hitters right now. But that's what, I don't know if he's trying to get it up in the zone and he's, he's unable to hit the top of the strike zone or he's just off somehow. I, I do not understand why, because Luis Castillo is smart enough to know that you're not going to be able to live in the middle of the zone and have a good year of pitching. So maybe that's exactly the, the final step. Maybe he's got to tweak his grip, tweak his arm slot for his sinker and his fastball or something like that. I don't know. But as of right now, if he mained the, uh, slider and the changeup, it would work because his slider breaks completely different from his changeup. And yeah, I know they're about the same speed 
But if you could split those two up as your two main pitches for him, that is at least more effective than what he has been getting out of his fastball. Now, make no mistake about it, he still needs his fastball, but maybe that's a pitch that he throws sparingly, at least for now until he gets comfortable with whatever change it is he has to make. Make no mistake about it, there's got to be some kind of tweak. He can't just keep doing what he's doing and hope for something else to change. I think that's Einstein's theory of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. So he's got to change it a little bit. And until he does that, I think that he can find success with the slider and the changeup because the slider's looking good. His changeup is still great. And, and when you look at his numbers on baseball savant, he's still getting an elite level chase rate. So his pitches are still messing with a batter's mind. They're still chasing the pitches. It's not as if his, all of his pitches are just now just duds. It's that they are able to wait on certain pitches and get hits off those. His, his fastballs are just getting clobbered. And that is the reason why you look at his stat lines and you say, boy, oh boy, Luis Castillo is just off this year. His fastball is why. And he needs to make a couple of tweaks. But if he focuses more on his slider and his changeup, at least for now in the short term, because hitters will be able to adjust to that. But in the short term, I think that could be a nice uh, vehicle to success. The problem is he's going to have to do that in Colorado which will be his next start as the Reds travel to Colorado to play the Rockies this weekend, and that is when we will next see La Piedra. But before the Reds play the Rockies, they play the Pirates. And we've got Ethan Smith, host of the Locked On Pirates podcast, here to talk about this Reds-Pirates series at PNC Ballpark here in just a moment. But before we get into all of that, I've been telling you guys a lot about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market and for good reason. When you think of protein bars, you think of chalky, not that great a taste. You're getting some kind of healthy snack, but you got to force it down. Built Bar's not that way. It's made with 100% real chocolate, but the stats don't lie. It's high in protein, it's low in fat, low in sugar, and it tastes great. They've got all these amazing flavors, whether you're looking at Cherry Barcia, they've got Coconut chocolate they've got peanut butter chocolate raspberry all kinds of great stuff check them out today at builtbar.com and when you go there type in the promo code locked 15 you will save 15 percent off your next order so you can prove me wrong or you're most likely going to prove me right because built bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market and you can get it for 15% off now with the promo code LOCKED15. That's BuiltBar.com and the promo code LOCKED15. For our last segment here on today's Locked On Reds podcast, going to bring in Ethan Smith as we preview this Reds Pirates series. Ethan, I'm doing pretty good. Hopefully you're doing pretty well too. I would say though, from the Pirates standpoint to a Reds fan, be happy that you didn't have to make seven roster moves on Sunday. <laughs> it, it was a very uh, interesting day. And going into this series, uh, the Reds are the, well, every team except Chicago has now avoided Key Brian Hayes, who's now in the 60-day IL and will be eligible to come back June 3rd. So I'm another month through pretty much of no Key Brian Hayes. little trivia for you right now without cheating. Who are the three Pirates outfielders right now? 
Um, I'm going to say Gregory Polanco, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, and uh, no, I'm just kidding about McCutcheon. I'm sorry. That was a low blow. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, left field is uh, Dave Parker. So a little off. Let's go Troy Stokes Jr., Kai Tom, and Wilmer Defoe right now because <laughs> Brian Reynolds is currently day to day. Gregory Polanco actually got put on the IL because he violated team protocols for COVID and center field has just been a crapshoot. Now I was talking to you about all of these moves yesterday and I'm going to talk more about them on my episode tomorrow, but to just briefly go over it, Hayes got added to the 60 day IL after plenty of people actually thought he was going to come back in this series after mm-hmm. being with the team on the road trip, our best power hitter in Colin Moran is now out on the 10 day IL. Brian Reynolds is day today. Michael Feliz, who had a 2.35 ERA in seven games, got designated for assignment. And we acquired Ben Gamble from Cleveland and recalled Jeff Hartley from AAA. So if the Reds, in my opinion, this is coming from the Pirates host. So, guys, all my listeners, don't kill me. If you're looking for a series that you need to bounce back in, especially when you're facing Mitch Keller, Trevor Cahill, and JT Brubaker, the only matchup, if I were the Reds offense, that I'd be truthfully worried about would be that matchup against Brubaker because he's been our best pitcher outside of Tyler Anderson. So if you're looking for a series to bounce back, this may be that series for you guys. They DFA'd a dude with a ERA under 2-5? So the issue, they're out of options on a lot of guys, like a Kyle Crick, who they're not going to send down. They're mm-hmm. not going to send down guys like Sean Poppin and like um, other guys like that. So it was kind of just one of those, we didn't happily designate him. It was just one of those things we had to do. And there's been a lot of talk about us doing that with guys like Kai Tom, who's actually been pretty okay. There's even talks about it that if Troy Soaks Jr. comes up, like he already came up yesterday, if he comes up and hits the baseball well, Gregory Polanco could be out of Pittsburgh. And I told you this before the year that I said he would not be there. And if he gets out of Pittsburgh, our payroll is under $40 million. (laughs) Let that sink in for a second. That former Reds pitcher Trevor Bauer just got about $38 million a year and would be making more money than the entire Pirates roster. And the Dodgers front loaded that contract. So he actually is making 40 mil this year. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> that's insane and, it, oh my it, God. and it's interesting though because it's not something i didn't expect now of course you know me i'm still on the hey let's steal aristides aquino from the reds you remember we talked about that too but i don't think that happens they have quite basically as gary said we're throwing things and it, it may be right for the reds too right now we're just throwing everything we can at a wall and seeing what sticks. For me, logically, going into the series against Cincinnati, I'm pretty much for the rest of the year, especially with the injuries as it stands right now, I'm for, as a Pirates fan, I want to win one game. I'm like, just win one out of three every series, and I will be content with it. Just pull out a win in every series. From the Red standpoint, what are your logical expectations going into this three-game set? Coming into this, I think uh, I, I just go the converse. I'd say two out of three. I, I think that tonight would be an interesting night. I don't put money against the Reds. I don't put money on the Reds that much. Sometimes I will, like on the total or something like that. But when it comes to the money line, I don't go either way usually on Reds games. But if I were not of that persuasion, I think I would take the 
Pirates underdog a plus 122 just because I think that tonight Jeff Hoffman kind of has another regressive start. His last start, he gave up a lot of hits, gave up a lot of runs because he was really focused on trying to stay in the strike zone. His starts before that, he was trying to nibble. He was trying to hit the corners. He was trying to hit the black, all that good stuff. And he was giving up some walks. So then he's like, all right, I'm going to cut down on the walks. And people just started killing whatever he threw in the zone. So I think that tonight might be that night that the Pirates get the one. And then I expect Sonny Gray and Wade Miley to bring home wins in games two and three. Awesome. Uh, Any last thoughts on pretty much anything baseball wise? I always like to open because I know we're mainly covering the Pirates and the Reds, but any thoughts everywhere else? The interesting thing that I look at with this series is that the Reds and the Cardinals got into a hollering. I'm not going to call it a brawl. Nobody was hitting anybody. It wasn't, it wasn't a fight. Uh, the Reds and the Cubs got into a hollering again. It wasn't a fight. The Reds and the Pirates have been pretty cordial in their yeah. first three games this year. I don't know that that's going to change, especially with the roster upheaval that's going on with the injuries in Pittsburgh and stuff like that. And I don't know that Amir Garrett, I think Amir Garrett is still out for this series, so he's not going to be trying to charge the dugout again. So with that being said, I wonder what the emotions look like in this game because Mm -hmm. whether or not the Pirates are contenders or pretenders, they are professionals and they are competitive. So does something happen in this series that gets a little extracurricular Mm -hmm. outside of the game of baseball? I'd be interested to see how that happens because these two teams – really over our lifetimes have almost been like the Spider-Man meme where they point at each other. It's like one year the pirates are on and the reds are off one year, the reds are on and the pirates are off. And whenever they face each other, they look at each other and like, we're better than you. We're we're not that team or we're not that bad or we're not in that situation. (laughs) And over the large sample size of my life, they're about the same. Yeah. And I mean, going into the series for me, it's just like, I barely even know who the starting lineup is day to day now just because of all the injuries. But uh, Jeff, I appreciate you so much. It's a pleasure to have you on as always. Uh, Of course, we're the probably the one pirates and red fans on the planet that can actually get along. So again, also Jeff, where can we find you on Twitter? So people can also see that awesome Twitter header that you have of Amir Garrett charging the mound. Well, I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I might've, change that to oh, a, a picture after Wade Miley's no hitter, but oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool no hitter too. Um, <laughs> uh, you can find me at Jeff Carr with three F's and you can follow the, uh, locked on reds podcast at locked on reds. Uh, what about your stuff for, uh, the reds followers? So you can always follow me at locked on pirates as well uh, on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan. It's spelled in a like little kind of uppercase, lowercase format. Thanks, Ethan. I appreciate you, man. We are going to be recapping game one on tomorrow's podcast. Also have some more thoughts as to how the Reds are going to get through this period without Joey Votto, with him being on the injured list for perceivably the next month. Uh, There's a lot that goes into that. We've got some thoughts tomorrow on the Lockdown Reds podcast. You're not going to miss it. Make sure you follow the podcast on whatever app you're currently listening to and also save that Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159 for reactions, comments, questions, whatever you've got. But that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much for listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. Now, 
go check out the Locked On Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. He takes a look around the sporting world and brings you all of the important news in 20 minutes or less each and every day. Check out the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.